podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. It's the Tuesday show, preview show. Drops on Wednesday. That's true. <laughs> but it's Tuesday right now and we're recording it. Um, we're down in the ITAP. Um, once again, Beer the Pod. Scott, I think you have an interesting one, so I think you should take Beer the Pod honors this week. Yeah, so I have uh, the peanut butter stout from Four Hands Brewing. Uh, delicious. It's an awesome balance between your typical stout almost a little coffee but then you truly do get that chocolatey that peanut buttery profile that you don't see a lot in beers but you're starting to see it pop up a little more they have a peanut butter porter on tap as well but uh someone who loves peanut butter loves stouts it's like the perfect beer for me it's stout season too not necessarily today because it's nice and warm outside but it's my favorite time of year man one week from not exactly, but one week basically from Thanksgiving where I just get to lay around all day and drink stouts and nap and eat. It's the greatest time of year. Yeah, I love this time of the year. Um, I feel like fall uh, nowadays goes by quicker and quicker. Um, yeah. But I love the winter. I don't. Again, I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on Twitter. I don't mind the cold uh, at all. I prefer uh, it to the summer for sure. Yes. I, I'm like a polar bear. I'm built like a polar bear. So, uh, cold doesn't bother me anyways, as, uh, Elsa from, uh, frozen one would say, I heard frozen two sucks. <laughs> um, so we'll, we, I haven't seen it. I won't see it, but I like the winter, um, love stout season. Um, and then eventually I saw this advertised on social media. I might need to talk to one of their bartenders, but they have a beer advent calendar down here. I tap down in the crossroads. We can pay, I think like 60 bucks, you get 24 beers, secret beers. You don't know what they are. That's pretty then cool. Every day leading up to Christmas, you have a new beer. So, and that's from here. I tap. Yep. We should ask about that today. I might do that after this pod. Yeah, I'm not a polar bear by any means, but... No, you're like a little penguin. I am i don't even know if I'm like a penguin. I eat your kind for I'm like lunch. some... I'm a different type of bird, skinny bird, but I don't know. I love it. I get like the opposite seasonal depression. I get like depressed in the summer. I just oh, like yeah. hate I, it. I, I hate, hate summer, the summer well. so much. It's awful, but yep. I'm sure we'll get a lot of shit for that, but um, no, it's my favorite time of year, but it's it's been a tough time of year for the cats the last few weeks coming off two losses um we're gonna get into that but before we do let's talk a little basketball but before we do that and before we do our that our show is brought to you by bluechew.com yes that's right do you have trouble getting erections some might maybe now exactly maybe <laughs> now if you do Check out BlueChew.com. Now my body is dependent on BlueChew. (laughs) (laughs) They they have the same FDA-approved ingredients that you find in Cialis or Viagra. But guess what? This isn't a chewable. So you chew it up, you nom it down, all of a sudden, boom, Erection City. 
Erection City. It's a chewable. It acts twice as fast as the regular, um, you know, Cialis and Viagra. It's the same exact ingredients. Um, it's FDA approved. You can order it online. You don't have to do any doctor's uh, weird doctor visits. Um, the doctors will try to call you, and they'll keep emailing you, but if you just ignore that, then it'll go away, and you can get the drugs anyways. Um, so if you use our promo code, uh, what is our promo armchair. code? Capital Armchair. Uh, you get the first shipment free. You only pay 5 bucks for shipping. It's great. It's a great deal, and it works. It works well. Chew it and do it. All right, now we'll talk a little basketball real quick. Um, we K-State plays Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, roughly two hours after we're going to get done recording this. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to really preview it too much. But they did have a very interesting game versus Monmouth. They went to 3-0. and they end up winning that game 73-54. to 54. They cover the spread again. But just like the previous three games, it's truly a tale of two halves. They were losing at halftime 29-20, to 20, and then the Cats beat the Hawks, the Monmouth Hawks, 53-25 to 25 in the second half. Um, I didn't put it in perfect order. I have this a little bit farther down the outline. But does it concern you? How now three games into the season, they start so slow, but they do find a way to come out gangbusters in the second half. Not yet. I think it's a little too early to smash the panic button on starting slow. I think this is just a trend that we've seen many times in the Bruce Weber era at K-State. Um, and, you know, we have got a lot of new faces this year. We've got guys in new roles I think it's to be expected, and sometimes I think Bruce Weber runs kind of an ugly offense anyways, so even with our best players that we've had under Bruce Weber, it's been kind of ugly. So as long as we're playing elite defense, I'm not too concerned about it. If we get in, you know, we're going to be tested. We haven't really been tested yet. We haven't played a real team yet, so you can't really bring that slow start, that slow shooting against, you know, the likes of Marquette and the teams like when you go on the road at Alabama – you gotta you gotta come fast and you gotta start fast or else you're gonna be in trouble. You can't be digging yourself out of a hole with this offense. But um, I'm not quite concerned yet. I think it's kind of to be expected, right, at this point. But you know, if you if we drop 53 every second half, then it's not gonna be much of a problem. I agree with you. Um, defenses look good in all halves, so you know they're not completely mailing it in in the first half because they're defending well. But it's just a matter of uh, you know getting the shots to fall. We're going to run through the uh, box score real quick. I didn't tell you about this, but we're going to get a little practice for quick take, hot take that's going to come back this midweek during conference play, during midweek games. We're going to do a quick episode called Quick Take, Hot Take, uh, where we talk about the game. We'll give a halftime reaction and a postgame reaction and get it out to you the same night as the game. So I'm going to go down the list of players. You give me just a quick take about their performance in that game or thus far. Or you can say pass and force me to do it. So, or we'll go back and forth. Here, we'll, we'll go back and forth. Xavier Sneed, 34 minutes, 50% from the field, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 5 steals. Do you want to pass the take or take the take? I did not watch the game. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to give a take then. Xavier Sneed, that's so sorry. What, that's fine. That's fine. I'll carry this. Uh, just like the Armchair Media Network Twitter <laughs> account says, they respect me more. Although Did when I look that? at that, yeah. Although when I look at that line from Xavier Sneed, 34 minutes, 50% from the field, 15 points, six rebounds, and five steals. That's the kind that's of perfect. that's the kind of line that I'm expecting from Xavier Sneed 
you know, 80% of the games this year. That's the kind of loadout that he is required of. I mean, he's our best player. He's our senior leader. That is what I like to see. Yeah, and not only the 15 points, but the six rebounds and five steals. Uh, he's actually said in times that he has gone, like, he, he's kind of come off the throttle on the offensive end because he wants to be able to give 100% effort on the defensive end. That's not something you see in college basketball or any level of no. basketball anymore. And I think it really shows up in his stat line. If you want a fun stat line, I like Cardi's stat line, 31 minutes, 8 points. You'd maybe like to see him get into double figures, but 7 assists, 4 steals, 4 rebounds. This guy, uh, while I think we all want him or maybe had hopes of him being a volume scorer, the fact that he is dishing out seven assists a game and he's averaging around that seven assists a game mark that wasn't even an anomaly th through these first three games that's maybe the most exciting thing about this team is that cardi is finding the assists so often yeah that's a really well-rounded performance um obviously you want to see him score more points but i mean when you're dropping seven assists almost on average um that kind of makes up for it um but just a well-rounded performance. Um, I think Cardi is actually one of our more underrated defenders. He's got great length. He's extremely athletic. Um, and he's really aggressive defensively, which I, I love to see. Um, I just love Cardi so much. I, I, hope, I hope that he can slide into that role of being the guy, but I'm not, I hope he doesn't feel too much pressure to do that at the same time because that would really affect his game. If he just gets out and plays, I think it will take care of itself. Yep, Montavious Murphy, uh, starter, third on the minutes, third on the team in minutes, 28 minutes, 50% from the field, getting eight points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt he is going to be a starter from now until the time he graduates, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Biggest surprise of the season for me. I mean, and 50% from the field, that's excellent. I mean, I, if we can get that every night. It's unbelievable. But I, I've just been so pleasantly surprised with Montavious Murphy. He's far more athletic than I thought he was. And it's just hilarious that Bruce Weber was sent, contemplating redshirting him at some point before the season. It I just, think that's a little bit of Bruce motivating through the media. Could be, could be, but it's possible. And to see him, you know, performing the way that he is and just the physicality that he already has is exciting going forward. Mike McGurl, 21 minutes, only two points, two steals, one assist, one rebound. Um, I, I think, you know, you you just want uh, Mike to get minutes, get buckets when he's needed. You would have probably maybe liked to see him get some more points in that first half, but in the second half when you're scoring like that, you just need his defense out on the floor. Uh, that's not going to be the end of the world as long as he continues to play solid defense. What do you think about my statement? I kind of agree. I mean, at this point, we know Mike McGraw is a damn good defender. Um He's kind of a utility guy, I feel like, at this point. He's not going to get points. He might go off one night, save our asses, but I just don't know if we can really rely on him at any point to be much of a scoring contributor. Um, but if he's in there and he's not hurting the team and helping us defensively, then honestly I'm okay with that. Mack was the fifth starter, and this is, this is the perfect story for McCall Maywean. Could only only played 17 minutes, <laughs> but he had 11 points and nine rebounds. Like, yeah, yeah. That's like the most like all-encompassing Mac <laughs> stat line you yeah, could have. Yeah, I mean, difficulty staying on the floor, but get gets boards and scores enough points. 
Yeah, I mean, if we can get 11 and 9 out of Mac every game, that's that's fine. Like that's. But you need more than 17 minutes. You certainly need more than 17 minutes. Um, most minutes off the bench, Dejuan Gordon, 18 minutes, five point bounds. Again, I think he's playing within himself. I think our podcast, all the media, I think really started doing the Dejuan Gordon hype machine. I think Eric yep. Bossy of it rivals. Uh, might might have been the biggest culprit of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He played solid, played decent defense. Not, I mean, not worried about it. I think there will be some random game in this non-conference though that he goes off for 25. Yeah, I agree. Like he sh- he definitely has that potential. I love how like just I love how hard he works and how good of a defender he already is and how he wants to be a good defender in this system. So if you have that buy-in at this point then you really can't ask for much more. I think the scoring will open up for him at some point. Like I said, I, I think I said this earlier, like there's going to be a game where he goes off for 30 and we're all just like, oh, my God, he's amazing. And I think the floodgates are going to open at some point. He just has to adjust to this level. Yep, and then rounding out the minutes, and I, I like how the bench minutes were distributed. 17 minutes for Antonio Gordon, 17 minutes for Sloan. 15 minutes for Levi Stockard, six points and a rebound for Antonio, eight points, two seals for David Sloan, seven points, four rebounds for Levi. Again, you're playing a bad team, but it is encouraging to see the points truly really spread out across the entire team and seeing the bench be able to give you that many minutes. Yeah, I mean, bench points are always good and well-rounded well-rounded stat lines, I think, I think are always good because um, you can't re- be relying on one or two players. As much as we want X and Cardi to step up and, I think, show that they're a head and shoulders above everyone else on the team to be the guys because you, you always want the guy. You always need a good scorer. But if you can have everybody else kind of chipping in and just contributing on kind of a even level, then that's a well-rounded team. And as long as we're always playing that elite defense, we're going to be in every game. I agree. That's all you can ask for. I agree with you. Um, like we said, after we record, uh, K-State's playing Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff. They're a very bad team, but they play 40 minutes of zone. <laughs> They're like a uh, – Scary. Not even a diet brand Baylor, but an off-brand diet brand yeah. Baylor zone athletes. But they're really bad. Um, it's a game K-State's favored by 26.5. Hopefully we continue the trend of covering. But then after that, they go down to Florida for the, uh, I think it's the Fort Myers tip-off or something weird like that. That's the non-con tournament where they play Pittsburgh in their first game. So you're playing ACC school. What are you hoping to see from those two games? Um, and we'll probably come back and touch on those two games a little bit next week when we preview Farmageddon. Oh, man, what am I hoping to see from these two games? So Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, I mean, I hope that we don't have an absolute nightmare shooting game and get ourselves in hot water against a team that we should blow out. Um, I've seen it happen before, <laughs> even last year. Um, but I anticipate that we'll probably be 4-0 going into the Pittsburgh, the, Pittsburgh, the tip-off. I kind of want to look that up right now. So it, we start with Pitt. And then, obviously, the next game is to be determined. Who is in that? Pitt's one of the better teams yeah, in Yeah, I can't remember who who's on the other side of the bracket. I mean, I just want to – I don't know. It's almost too early. I, I don't want to put – I feel like – not that, you know, Cartier Jada listens to this fucking podcast, but I He's really do want to see – that's true. Cartier, maybe. He might get a little present, psych. But – 
I want to see Cardi take that next step. I do. I want to see Cardi take the next step. Um, aside from just being, you know, playing well-rounded, I want to see him drop 20. I want to see him... Because I feel like at this point, we know he has the ability. It's just confidence. Like, if he goes to Florida and he drops 20 against an ACC team, he can only be able to build off of that. I mean, at this point, you know, when you're... When you're a sophomore transitioning into your junior year and you've lost a lot of upperclassmen and you have that weight on your shoulders, like, I have to be the new, the next guy, all of that shit is confidence. Like, he's at this level. We've seen him be elite. It's, all it's going to take is a couple of good games that he strings together where he starts to believe in himself. So I want to see that because I, I do want Cardi to be the guy. I think when we have two, like, established scorers, then it's going to become easier for the guys below them to start chipping in even more. So I want Cardi to take the next step against Pitt. Yeah, what do I, you want to see? I just want to see a win, honestly. Well, uh, yeah, I, of I course. Mean, I want to see that too. No, I know. But I, I literally I, – I, I could not care less about any individual performances as long as we find a way to win because I have enough confidence in the older guys on this roster that eventually – everything is going to fall into place the way it is but I just think it'd be so important to if you could find a way to get to five and0 when both of those games and we'll like I said we'll come back and talk next week about that pit game but I, I think it would just be so major whether or not pit turns out to be good or like last in the ACC I don't think it matters I I just think it's been so t- that despite how much they've struggled at times in these three games that you're still 3-0. and When you're building up your resume, um, not having any – like having as few losses as possible are going to be massive because the more and more I see some of the other Big 12 teams start to play, I'm starting to think, man. Maybe you know, we can make a run at the top Well, three. no, I was going to say like oh, maybe, maybe we're, we're going to be like 8-10. <laughs> and 10. Maybe not bad, but, but I have a feeling that maybe 8-10, and 9-9 nine and nine might be a little bit more likely than my earlier optimism. So if you're going to do that in conference play, it's going to be important that you have enough wins in the non-con to get you into the tournament. I should have just said what I initially was feeling. I hope we just win because you kind of nailed it there. I took the easy way out. So that's men's basketball. Let's touch on women's basketball just real quick because they they improved to 3-0 with a massive win over Oral Roberts, 109-69. This women's team continues to put up a ton of points on offense. And it's just, like, a really fun brand of basketball. If you want to see, like, someone in purple hitting shots, go to a <laughs> women's game. I watched some of that before uh, and during the commercials of the Chiefs game last night. And it truly is a fun brand of basketball to watch. We were lucky enough to go to a high school that had elite girls basketball. So I've always admired I mean, the dude, women's game. When we were growing up, oh, our yeah, basketball yes. team was our women's basketball team was, was the basketball yes. team that I genuinely exactly. watched. Nicole Oldie, Kendra Wecker, I like was like, I love these girls. Yes. They're so good. And we had no men's basketball team to really cheer for. So I think we're accustomed to that and they're actually good. So yeah. they're worth watching. And you can go sit and drink beer in the Octagon of Booze. Oh, and exactly. watch a good team. Exactly. Um they have some really special uh, young players on that team. Uh, so if you have the time, make sure you, you can watch them. Um, 
Sunday, if you're around in Manhattan, it's actually a really fun game. They're playing UT Arlington, but it's their annual teddy bear toss game. So if you come, bring a teddy bear, you get a toss on the floor. They donate it at this holiday time to folks, uh, you know, families in need for toys. Um, so it's a really fun game to be at. I was at the one last year. Um, just a fun fun day in Bramlage. Yeah. Chiefs have a bye. You'll be celebrating uh, K-State win over Texas Tech in football. So if, if you're in Manhattan, I really want to challenge any of the Boneheads to get out there because it really is a fun team to watch. Get out there. If you go to the game, snap a picture. We'll send you a koozie. Yes. Volleyball. They've hit a wall. They're struggling. It's a tough season, failing to find really any momentum at, at this point. They got swept at Texas, who happens to be number one in the nation, so no shame in losing that game. But they lost 3-1 to one to KU. I'm chalking it up to young team. This season's pretty much gone. Yeah, it, it's done. This is the last time we'll bring up volleyball for the season. Um, they play Oklahoma at home on Wednesday at 6.30, then host Baylor on senior day on Saturday. Both those games on ESPN+. Plus. They finish the season at Texas Tech on the 30th of November. Um, hopefully next year they can uh, make a run at postseason. Uh, but it was a rough volleyball season so far. It was. We are recording on Tuesday, so you guys know what that means. It's Coach Kleiman's press conference day. So we're going to talk about the big points, and we're going to go from there. Um, I think the biggest talking points talking point was preaching, you know, consistency and how it's been lacking in the last few weeks, how they needed to score touchdowns, and we just can't. Yeah, everyone was at the game uh, or saw the game last week, um, and that's how we opened up the press conference. You didn't get the touchdowns and you weren't consistent uh, when it mattered, and that's why you lost. Um, they, he, Coach Kleiman was asked about what happened on those third-down conversions that – ended up in touchdowns and he just he rattled off on all three plays what the mistake was in uh in execution and it doesn't make it uh feel any better but uh when you hear him talk about it it, it almost makes you almost more mad because it truly was on each instance just a god it does it was, make me it mad was just <laughs> a, it was a mistake it, it, it was it was an assignment mistake, and uh, it just sucks. Um, again, he and then he he turned around and he was asked about Texas Tech, another team that's given up big plays, and I almost felt like he was trying to temper expectations that we were going to get a lot of big plays versus them because we couldn't get it versus West Virginia either. He preached that at the end of the day, regardless of what Texas Tech has been doing, it comes down to matchups and how they match up against them, and then mentioned how we've struggled to get those big plays. Um, I, I know you have to answer the question like that, but I was kind of discouraged hearing that. I want to hear him say, yeah, you know, we feel like we can get a yeah. lot of big plays this week. He didn't do it. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I get it. You don't want to give bullets on board material, but, man, uh, I don't know. It's been a discouraging past couple of weeks. Um, it's just uh, – I mean, he's not going to come out and say that, and you know that. Like I know, but it's still – I want him to. Yeah, I know. Maybe we will. It feels like this is a pretty decent matchup for us, but I guess we'll see. said that we're going to have to prepare to deal with their blitzing and that Skyler will have to be prepared to get out of the pressure if we want to have a passing game. Uh, that's scary. Also says we need to establish the run regardless of the defense and for the passing game to flourish the opponent needs – the. For, for us to flourish, the opponent needs to respect to run, which obviously everybody knows that about us. Um, first of all, 
the first part of that, it's like, how could we – we we couldn't probably have a better quarterback who, it, for that situation because, I mean – He's been doing it all season. He's been used to that shit all season, having to escape pressure, keep plays alive. He's been J-hooking on J-hooks. He has been J-hooking. Um, and everybody in the world that knows anything about college football or knows anything about K-State knows that this team has to establish a run to find some success. When we have done so, I mean, we've beaten Oklahoma. When we haven't, we've lost to fucking West Virginia. It's it's been a season of very highs and very ho- very big lows that have hinged basically on establishing the run. So, what's your confidence meter that we can accomplish both of those things? <sighs> no, I, I I feel good. Like I I don't know. I go back and forth a little bit, but I think I land on feeling good. I in I don't know. Maybe it's just the confidence I have in. Uh, Coach Kleiman in this team, but I, I do feel like, hey, we, we've seen the pattern. Win, win three, lose two. Win three, lose two. Well, we've already lost two. I feel like we're going to get a bounce back in that third game. Um, and I hope I'm not having to eat my words. Um, he was questioned about Devin Ankle and how uh, he struggled to punt the last two, three games. And Coach Kleiman just said it, it comes down to – him being human said he was so great yeah. early on the season that he's still human says that they're working a little bit on his technique. Uh, but at the end of the day, he knows uh, Devin can be better. Devin knows he can be better in that when he is, he's a true weapon for this team flipping the field of possession um, or field position. Excuse me. Um, we know that we're, yeah. we're a Devin ankle stand podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, where's your confidence level that he does bounce back for these final two games in the bowl game? I think he'll bounce back. Which yes. he needs to because we need someone to get drafted, and I, my eggs are in the Devin Ankle basket. Also, bad news, he did not make the top ten for the Ray Guy Award. That's trash. Which is, I think, pretty fucking weak. I mean, there's Recency not... bias by the Ray Guy committee. Yeah, it's a tough. Him. It's tough, but... I mean, he's had a couple bad games. He wasn't that bad at Texas, but he wasn't great. Last week he was straight up bad. I mean, he I think it hurt us a couple of times. And, yeah, it happens. It's human nature. Um, I think he'll bounce back. But um, we are going to need him. I definitely agree. He reiterated, he reiterated that Skyler did not suffer a concussion, which is great news because, I mean, if we lost Skyler Thompson at this point, I might just be willing to say goodbye <laughs> for this season because – I mean, he's so important to this team. Obviously, I don't, I, I don't envision nothing against Nick Ost, but I don't envision Nick Ost um, eluding defenders like that and keeping the play alive um, when the pocket continues to collapse over and over and over again. But that's great. I mean, concussions are no. I mean, that's that's like the story of football right now. You don't want a concussion. It's bad. No, definitely <laughs> don't. Um, Kleiman made a note that he said. Uh, and he said this in a couple different answers. He says, we don't have to be perfect to win games, but you can't be making mistakes that just hand the game away. Uh, I think that's a nicer way of saying what we said in the last podcast. We don't have the talent to be making the mistakes we did in the last yeah. two games. Yeah, it is what it is. When you don't have talent, you have no margin for error. I mean, Texas can overcome a 14-point you know, deficit because they got a bunch of four or five stars that they can lean on, and we just don't have that. We have to play perfect. Everybody knows that. It's always been that in the last decade at least. 
And hopefully we can get back to near perfect. Like he said, we don't have to be perfect, but just don't give them the game. I agree. Um, one of the most shocking things of all the press conferences he's had this year, just he voluntarily offered up that Joe Irvin, he was asked about Joe Irvin, but he just straight up said, yeah, Joe Irvin didn't suit up last week because he was serving a one-game suspension. Uh, and then he says he's he served his punishment. He'll be back and eligible to play next week. But he says it truly does come down to the health of James and Jordan, whether or not they're going to burn his red shirt. And then he did say that James Gilbert did not practice yesterday. Jordan Brown did. Um, how do you take all that information? First off, I'm shocked that he's just like, yeah, he was suspended. He wasn't even asked specifically. He was I just asked that. about it. But then uh, Jordan, Jordan Brown practicing, James Gilbert didn't. Um, will this be a season that we just kind of look back and think, well, what if James Gilbert never got his ankle messed up? Yeah, it could be. It's really frustrating because with a team that already has so little depth, you know, our guys, some of our most key players have been, you know, dealing with nagging injuries for could, several weeks. Could you imagine if we didn't get those two grad transfers? We'd be in trouble. I mean, I, I'm kind of to the point – it's it's a weird, delicate balance because we only have three games left. So, you know, if we're, like, sitting out James Gilbert, and then he's, and he's a senior, this is it for him. So it's difficult probably for Chris Kleiman to look at James Gilbert and say, I'm going to sit you out, you know, I'm going to try to help let you get healthy for what? So that he can be healthy for the bowl game? I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a difficult balance, but I'm kind of to the point where it's like, Let's just toss in Jacardia right and give him the bulk of the carries and throw him in the deep end and see what he can do because I'd rather have a healthy freshman that may not know the system as well. Well, but he's not a, even fully healthy. I know. Okay, maybe that was a bad bad but example. I, I get what you're saying. But though. I'd rather give it to some of the younger guys Who that are healthy that healthy. might have, you know, that have an ability to break a big play because they're not – their right ankle isn't, you know, 50%. Uh, it's just – I don't know. It's a tough situation, but I do think that having these guys that are not 100% is kind of hurting us at this point. I agree with you. Uh, final thing of note, uh, he did say that Gill will be practicing t on Tuesday, today on Tuesday. If he can get through the evening without any symptoms, he will be a go for Saturday. Um, honestly, it just kind of brings up like how shitty it is that he took one of the cheap, mo most cheap shots I've seen in college football this season missed a game while that while the Texas player only was suspended for an extra half. Um, I hope to see him on Saturday, but above all, I just want him to get healthy. Yeah, and in, I mean, do we know like the specifics of his injury? It's concussion. Concussion. So yeah, I mean, I'm at to the point where it's like, I mean, you don't rush that back. I mean, no, definitely yeah. not. But brain if, injuries you don't want to mess with. So, but if he's cleared, I'm looking forward to seeing him back out there. I agree, but only if he's cleared. It's time to get to our game primer, sponsored by, of course, Manscaped. They get dot. you primed for sex. They get you. God, this pod. This is a sex podcast. It is all about the <laughs> sex. I mean, we love Manscaped.com. They're they're sponsoring the entire Armchair Media Network, and of course, the Bosco's Boys. Their best piece of equipment is the Lawnmower 2.0. I used it last Rock, night. Rocket scientists created that. I used it last night. Um, I'm completely. Escaped downstairs. It looks great. And you know what I did for the first time? I used the ball deodorant. It smells pretty good. Yeah, now your balls smell great and they look good too. It's true. Allegedly, this I is, wouldn't know. The Lawnmower 2.0 is 
a proprietary, it's got proprietary skin safe technology. So you literally cannot cut yourself. Um, I don't really know how that's possible, but it's true. I tried and I couldn't do it. They have the balms, they have the ball deodorant, they have body wash, they have shampoo. It all smells great. If you guys head over to manscaped.com, use promo code capital armchair, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. It is totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, head to manscaped.com and check it out. I agree with you. Do it. I have it now, and I look and smell great. Um, Texas Tech Primer is from Aaron Dickens from Texas or from Tech Talk uh, 97.3 down in Lubbock, Texas. For any of the boneheads who are making the trip down there, like me, be sure to tune into 97.3 down there in Lubbock, Texas. And from maybe the best friend of the pod, K-State Primer, Matt Hall, uh, giving us the K-State Primer. So buckle up. Enjoy and don't get mad at Matt for his prediction. He we'll be right back. Hi, my name's Aaron Dickens. I host Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 FM in Lubbock and uh, cover the Red Raiders for RedRaiderSports.com, part of the Rivals.com network. Been with them uh, for about 15 years now. So the Red Raiders are four and six under Matt Wells, uh, year one under Matt Wells, and you know from a record standpoint, pretty similar to where they were uh, a year ago under Cliff Kingsbury. And much like quarterback issues and injuries were the story for Kingsbury's last season, that seems to be the case here uh, in the uh, debut season for Wells. Alan Bowman goes down with an injury in Game Three, essentially lose him for the rest of the season. He's been cleared to uh, return to action, has suited out the last two games. Uh, but at this point, with the record being what it is, a uh, decision was made to just shut him down, redshirt him, and move on down the road. So Jet Duffy is the starter. Uh, four touchdowns, one interception against TCU last weekend. I think he's exceeded most expectations. I think the knock on him before the season has been um, you know, loose with the football, decision-making, turnovers, and really he's been excellent in that area so far this season. I think 14 touchdowns, uh, three interceptions, and so uh, he, he has been a plus, but I don't know that he has been um, good enough to, um, well, he hasn't been good enough to kind of get Tech over the hump in some of these games in losses to uh, uh Kansas, certainly, in losses to Iowa State, and then uh, certainly TCU over the weekend. Uh, speaking of last weekend, TCU 33-31. Uh, TCU jumps out to a 17-0 lead. Horn Frogs, you know, entered the game with a beleaguered and criticized offense and promptly go and score on their first four possessions of the game. It was uh, 17-0. It was 24-3. Uh, but Tech... Climbs back in this thing, and and really they, they hold the TCU offense to just three field goals the rest of the way out. Um, unfortunately, that was a little bit too much to overcome as they fall 33-31. You lose Jordan Brooks, uh, arguably your top player, period. Uh, he tries to play through an injury uh, and lasts the first few series before uh, leaving the game and returning to the sidelines in street clothes. Uh, a pretty dinged up, banged up. Defense, especially that linebacker in the secondary, um, 
you know, running back situation is pretty dire. Sir Roderick Thompson and Tejan Henry are the only available scholarship running backs at this point. Armand Shine, uh, Utah transfer, out for the season with broken ribs. Uh, but Henry doesn't finish the game. And, and Sir Roderick Thompson is, is limited, uh, but trying to play through it. And I think you saw that in the rushing numbers. I mean, Jet Duffy leads the team on Saturday in uh, rushing attempts with nine. This was a staff a coaching staff that wants to run the ball. They just don't have anybody um, really healthy at this point right now at that position. And with their offensive philosophy being what it is, a strict, almost fanatical dedication to the 11 personnel package, one running back, one tight end, three receivers, um, they're always going to have a running back on the field, even if it's a walk-on. So we might see Jax Welch or someone like that uh, get some snaps at running back against the Wildcats. Uh, two games left. I, I don't know that uh, Tech fans really have any significant high expectations. Um, I, I think they'd like to see some more wins. Bowl eligibility obviously is still technically possible, but I don't think that uh, it seems very realistic. Um, you, you know, Vegas seems to think that this game Saturday, Tech and K-State is going to be competitive. Um, that would surprise me, given how banged up Tech is. Uh, but we'll see. And then I think uh, you look at the Texas game, the season finale, uh, next week. I think if you're a Tech fan, I think you're hoping that at that point, Texas has just kind of mailed it in with all of their uh, season goals now unattainable. Um, but anytime you're you're hedging or betting on another team not being motivated, that's kind of an indication of, of where your team is at. Um, so... I think five and seven, four and eight is the more likely outcome. Uh, strength of the team right now, punter, uh, place kicker. Uh, Trey Wolf has been very good despite missing a PAT Saturday against uh, TCU. I, I think that you know if, if this team was healthier, I would say defensive front, um, but they're not. I mean, Jet Duffy has been uh, very good considering the circumstances. But I don't know that he is a type of player that can just take over a game and and be the reason why uh, Texas Tech wins. So I, again, I don't I don't know what the strength is right now. This wasn't a team that had a uh, great fastball, so to speak, even when they were healthy, as they I guess get accustomed to uh, things in our Matt Wells. But right now, with as banged up as they are, I don't I don't know what that is. Now, Austin McNamara at punter has been very, very good this season. Trey Wolf has been pretty reliable, uh, especially considering he's a true freshman. But uh, but right now, I don't know that there is a strength with this team. Uh, biggest weakness? It just kind of went over how banged up they are. I, I think that this team has been very susceptible to the big play, especially through the past this year. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they go into Morgantown. And granted, they get that win. Uh, they get a win there, uh, but they go into Morgantown and play a West Virginia team that had, I think, uh, had 20 plays on offense that had uh, gone 20 yards or more, and uh, Tech allowed nine of those in the game to West Virginia. And so even if you were not super explosive on offense, this Tech defense um, is vulnerable to that. And part of that, I think, is because of how aggressive they are and uh, I, I think that's just kind of one of those things you have to live with. But right now, especially with as banged up as they are, you, you just don't have the horses up front to get home. 
and especially with Jordan Brooks out. And so I would think that, uh, you know, big plays will be there to be had for uh, the Wildcats if they can execute. Two players, I mean, Jet Duffy, I think, is the um, the, the key player to watch on offense just because he, he's the most proven, reliable player. Uh, at receiver, R.J. Turner, who's a ULM transfer, has been a um, an emerging player over the last several weeks. Uh, same with Eric Izukama on the other outside spot. T.J. Vasher is this leading receiver for this team. He's been suspended the last two games uh, for a team rules violation. Uh, Matt Wells said this week that that suspension is indefinite. I do not expect to see Vasher the rest of the season. Um, and so if you're a Wildcats fan, I would just not even uh, spend any time worrying about that at all. Defensively, Doug Coleman has eight interceptions in the season. He's having a tremendous year. Uh, he has a real nose for the football. And then uh, with Jordan Brooks more than likely going to be missing this game or at least very, very limited, I would look for Rico Jeffers, number six, who's a pretty promising young linebacker uh, and uh, has made more than his fair share of plays. Uh, the most important thing for Tech uh, to win this game, I think, is just start fast. Uh, they have not started fast the last two home games. They got down 20 to nothing to Iowa State and then 17 nothing and 24-3 to TCU. You just can't do that. Uh, in the Big 12 and expect to win games, especially with as limited as Tech is, um, well, health-wise and probably top-in talent-wise. And so if they're going to win this game, which I think is going to be very, very difficult, but if they're going to win this game, they need to get out to a fast start or at the very least uh, not let K-State jump out to a three-score lead. I know it's a big stretch, um, kind of an obvious statement. Uh, score prediction, I think K-State wins this game. I think they're probably healthier. Um, and I don't know that, uh, with Jordan Brooks out, tech is really built to stop what K-State wants to do offensively. And so I think this will be, uh, kind of one of those death by a thousand paper cuts games. And I think K-State probably wins by, uh, six to 10 points. Again, this is Aaron Dickens, Red Raider Sports.com, double T 97.3 FM. All right, Scott, three, two, and one. Hello there, everybody. This is Matt Hall of K-State Online. Happy to do the primer this week for the Bosco's boys. I am inside a Tallgrass Tap House, not having a beer. Grant Flanders is. I'm just having a Diet Pepsi, so I'm ready to do this primer. Let's talk about how K-State got to the point of where they are in this season. The Wildcats are, of course, 6-4 and four after back-to-back -back losses to Texas by three points in Austin. And then West Virginia, of course, 24-20 this past week in Manhattan. Really disappointing defeats, of course. Both games where K-State's, uh, of course, handles one-score losses. Both times had opportunities late in the game to win. Of course, the interception to, well, thrown to Dalton Schoen. It came up just short into the West Virginia game. K-State had a pass to Dalton Schoen in the end zone against Texas that would have put them ahead that fell incomplete, then turns around and gives up a seven-minute drive to the Longhorns in that game. So the Wildcats are 6-4. and four. Still a successful season for sure by far, but the last couple of weeks have been, have been tough to handle. Again, looking back at last week a little bit more specifically, it was a situation where K-State was very, very good early in halves, meaning they scored on the first snap of the game on offense, a 68-yarder to Dalton Schoen, that they knew they'd get a good look, got it, made a play, and won. And then, of course, in the second half, they score on the first drive a touchdown on a longer drive to put themselves up 20-14. to 14. So K-State was really, really good offensively outside of halves. Not as good, you know, when they had to just play football against people and couldn't have things script. The Wildcats still struggled to run the ball. 
you know, for sure against West Virginia, against a defense that hadn't been very good this year. K-State struggled to do that. Skylar Thompson threw for almost 300 yards, but it wasn't enough as West Virginia, of course, got the 24-20 win. I think expectations going forward right now, you've got two games left, a road game against Texas Tech, of course, this Saturday we're going to talk about, and then one more against Iowa State at home before a bowl game. It's tough to say. I think you got to hope you can at least go one in one of those games if you're a K-State fan, get to 7-5 with a chance to you know do more in a bowl. But, hey, this K-State team this season has you know, won three, then lost two, then won three, then lost two. If you're a believer in those kind of patterns and they win the last three, this is still a team that could win nine games counting the bowl. So I think that's something that K-State fans should still have a hope for and, and enjoy going for the rest of this season. I think going into this specific game, if you look at Texas Tech, I think, I think the strength for the Wildcats probably will be their ability to throw the football a little bit, as crazy as that sounds. If K-State's going to win, it's going to have to be on the strength of the running game. But I still have some doubts that we're going to see a great running game, even against this Texas Tech defense. You know, I'm recording this on a Tuesday at this point. You know, James Gilbert, Jordan Brown still both beating up, still both not full practice participants. So I worry about K-State's offense running the football until those two are all the way back. So until that happens, I think for K-State, it's going to have to be finding success in the passing game and finding more big plays like the opening 68-yard touchdown to Schoen or the 70-yard touchdown that opened the game against Texas two weeks ago to Malik Knowles. I think on the flip side, the biggest weakness, this Texas Tech offense, it's not Cliff Kingsbury anymore. Alan Bowen's hurt, but Jeff Duffy's playing really, really well, and it's still a very, very fast-paced offense. Chris Kleiman says it's the fastest as far as, you know, tempo snaps from play to play that they'll see all year. K-State, I talk about a lot. You know, in practice, doesn't really have a chance to replicate this with the style of offense it plays. And now Texas Tech will probably be the most different as far as what K-State does to what their opponent does this this all season long this week. So I'll be interested to see how that goes because Texas Tech offense has not been great this year, but they still have big physical playmakers at receiver and a capable quarterback in Jet Duffy. K-State's defense won't have A.J. Parker, of course. It's best cornerback, so we'll see how they handle that group uh, in Lubbock on Saturday. I think a couple players to keep an eye on really for both teams for Texas Tech, I will say Jet Duffy. He wasn't even really the number two at the start of the year. When Alan Bowman got hurt, they went to a different quarterback before playing Duffy. Now he's played really well of late. So I think he's going to be the guy. He's a guy that K-State really handled last year in Manhattan in a pretty dominating win. But I'm sure he'll want to play better, of course, for the Red Raiders this time down in Lubbock. Uh, I think a player to watch for K-State this weekend, I'll probably will look for Kevian McGee. Uh, I think he's going to be tested a lot with A.J. Parker still out of this thing. Walter Neal will play the other corner spot, and I'm sure do a nice job. But this Texas Tech team, like I said, has a couple of receivers they really like her in the 6'4", 6'5", range. Who's going to test K-State on the perimeter? I'll be curious to see how Kevion McGee does in a game where he's going to be really, really tested again. The most important thing for K-State to win this game will be finding a way to generate a rushing offense. Texas Tech plays an odd front. We'll attack on a scrimmage like a lot of teams have. I still don't think K-State's offensive line is physically good or dominant enough to really do this without the running backs breaking tackles and making plays themselves. So I think that's the key is how healthy is K-State at running back and will they be able to make big plays in the ground game. As far as the score prediction, this is the first time I've said it. I, haven't, I hadn't really committed one way or another until I started recording this video, but I think Texas Tech wins this week in Lubbock. I, I think the Red Raiders and Wildcats have been very similar teams this year. From a quality perspective, Tech a little more up and down perhaps than K-State. Um, but I think it's going to be a tough game for K-State to win on the game. I think the Wildcats are having a hard time generating consistent offense right now because of an offensive line that's no longer overachieving and injuries in the backfield. I think it'll be very, very close. Uh, K-State absolutely has a chance to win, and I've gotten roughly 90% of their games wrong this year. So I think you should be happy that I picked the Red Raiders if you're somebody who believes in superstition or that kind of thing. So I will take Texas Tech to win this game. Another kind of low scoring from a Big 12 perspective game, maybe 28-24 Red Raiders. 
But we'll see how it turns out. That's just one guy's prediction on paper. And they don't play the games on paper. They play them on a football field, and we're lucky to see that. So that's going to do it for me. Appreciate the Bosco boys letting me be on. This is, again, Matt Hall for K-State Online. Appreciate your subscription. If you're not subscribed to our site, if nothing else, give our YouTube page a look. Subscribe there for free. It doesn't cost you anything. and helps us out very much. Appreciate you guys, and tell your friends. Thank you so much to Aaron Dickens and, of course, Matt Hall from K-State Online. Those were our primers brought to you by Manscaped. Now it's time to talk about the game and what it means to us. It's Texas Tech week. Scott, Texas Tech, we've kind of had their number the last five or six years. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's always a lot of heartburn when it comes to this game. It's rarely... Uh, over the course of time playing Texas Tech, is it like, oh, hey, there was no stress there. Yeah. Um, usually it's... It's always the worst possible matchup. Yeah. Like, they play and such high tempo, and they've always spread us out, and there's always been such a big speed difference that, yeah, it's always been like a nightmare playing that game. But in the last, like, you know, since, since probably 2011, it's always been a really good game. Yeah, it's been entertaining, and we've come out on the proper side of that more than we haven't, I believe, since 2011. I mean, what we've um, lost two games? Yeah, Last year we won, the year before that we lost, and I think that no, broke the, a streak. The year before that we won. That was the Skylar Thompson Okay, so the year before comeback. that, did we lose in Manhattan? No, because we beat Patrick Mahomes. That's right. So the year before that, have we beat them like six straight years and we just don't no, know? No, because we lost. We definitely uh, lost a game. 2015, did we lose? Yes. Because we were terrible that year. Yes. 2015 broke a streak of like... At least I think we lost. I'm pretty sure we did. I don't <laughs> we'll know, have to it, look it up. But it, yeah, we're, we're, we're a K-State podcast. Boneheads, tweet us the last 10 matchups between K-State and Texas <laughs> Tech. At Grant underscore KSU, at Scott Wildcat, and at Bosco's Boys. Let us know each of the last 10 games versus them. But it's always crazy. I mean, they're, they're going to score points. Um, usually they're not going to stop us from scoring points. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm going down to Lubbock. Shout out to uh, one of my best friends in the world, Casey. Uh, he lives down with his wonderful wife down in Liberal, Kansas. And uh, he, 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 he talked about wanting to go to a K-State game this year. And we tossed around maybe the Iowa State game. We tossed around some other stuff. But I think he was the one who came to me with the idea, well, hey, do you want to just come down and let's go to Lubbock? And I'm like, well, I've never been to Lubbock. Uh, let's rock and roll. So I'm looking forward to going down there. Boneheads, any boneheads going, tweet me. Uh, we'll see if we can link up before the game. But I'm excited for that. Um, it is a little nerve-wracking, though, because after dropping that game to Neil Brown, now all of a sudden you're going up against Matt Wells um, so if you if you win this game, hey, you go two and one against the other uh, debutante coaches in the Big Twelve, which would be nice. You know, winning record. You wanted three and zero, but hey, two and one, it's still winning record. But if you lose that, all of a sudden, like kind of the narrative and the internal hype that we've done around Chris Kleiman. I mean, I think on one of the pods last week we said, hey, he's the number three coach in the Big Twelve right now. Um, some of that shine, for better or worse, has kind of come off him, in my opinion, for my own opinion, after losing to West Virginia. But, I mean, if you lose to Matt Wells, all of a sudden you're having to take a look in the mirror and it, it gets a little sobering. Yeah. Um, and I still think, you know, despite losing last week to West Virginia and Neil Brown, 
I still think that we have the best hire of the new guys. Um, I feel like Chris Kleiman is the right guy for the program, and I'm not going to come off of that at this point. And by the way, it was 2015 that we lost to them. In a, I remember this game, but I kind of don't remember it. 40, 59 to 44, we lost that game in Lubbock, and I th- I think that's the only loss we have to Big Twelve or to the Texas Tech since, not even kidding, 2011. It feels like we, we lost in one more. I know, or I'm sorry, since 2010, we beat them in 11. I know we beat them in 12. We might have lost in 2013, but I don't think so. I think that was a one-handed Curry Sexton catch, or no, was that 2014? Boneheads tweet us. Regardless, regardless, we've kind of had their number quite a bit because we, I mean, we lost one game to Cliff Kingsbury. That's why I know that because we just destroyed him, which was hilarious. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, you want to go, you want to go three and one against the first year coaches. Two have and that. One. True, two and one. Um, you want to have a winning record against first year coaches. Have that in your back pocket. Um, and I still think. Ugh, God, despite losing to West Virginia, I still think that Chris Kleiman was probably the better choice. But um, are we going to have the offense to compete with I mean, Texas Tech? I'm That's hoping, kind of always the question. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, I'm hoping so because I think I, I really worry about our defense without A.J. Parker. Um, I mean, we saw it last, last week. Uh, we're still prone to giving up the big play. We're still prone to, uh, you know, giving up touchdowns. We're still prone to some mistakes. So I worry about that. I, I worry about, okay, can the offense figure it out outside of just coming out of, you know, the game on the script and coming out of halftime. I have those worries. Um, but Texas Tech is kind of like a slump buster. Their defense still isn't good. Their entire team is still banged up. I, I think I'm going to have some major concerns if we can't find a way to really put up some points in this game. Again, I'm there, honestly, we nothing can happen that would make me start calling for Courtney Messingham's job for the rest of the season, but it will give the Messingham doubters a lot of ammunition if you can't get right versus Texas Tech. And you know that the team, their attention is there. You can't lay an egg versus West Virginia at home and, and just yeah. think, hey, everything's fine. Uh, they're definitely not overlooking anything, so you have their attention. It just it would say, send a lot of uh, some alarm bells that I haven't quite started sounding if we can't get the offense going. Yeah, I think that's one thing that gives me the most confidence, at least in regards to the team focus. We've lost two games, one being a terrible loss, the other being, you know, a game that we I feel like we let slip through our fingers at Texas. There's no way this team is not going to put in an extremely hard-working week. And they probably – they said it themselves. Trey Deshaun said it today. You know, we have to find a way to get our focus back, to do the little things right. So I, I imagine, you know, team-wide, everyone's probably feeling a little bit like they have a thorn in their side that they want to get out. Um and we have a great opportunity to bounce back this week. Um, and, hey, if we're going off the season pattern, three wins, two losses, three wins, two losses. I'll take three wins. So now let's season. end it with three wins, right? Yep. And how are we going to get those key wins? We're going to go to Keys to V, 
Not presently sponsored by anyone, but remember, chew it and do it, bluechew.com and manscaped.com. Promo code armchair, both places. Grant, what is your first key to getting back in the V column? I feel like it's a cop-out because I've said it several times this year. But seriously, we need to establish the run. Um, That's how I'm going to do it in the like <laughs> notes, too. Seriously, we need to establish the run. No, I can't, I can't say this is really the team's bread and butter at this point anymore because we've been so inconsistent with it. But our entire offensive success relies on you know being able to have an advantage in the trenches with the offensive line and to make that defense respect the pass. You know, uh, If we can't establish a run, then it's going to be another toss-up game. I think it's already somewhat of a toss-up game, but we're going to be on the back foot if we're not running the ball well. And I say let's just give it, give Joe Irvin 30 carries and he's going to have 250 yards and four touchdowns. I like it. Um, it's something that Matt, <laughs> it's the verbiage Matt Hall used in his primer, but it's, kind of comes down to is the offensive line going to be who they are or are they going to overachieve and I think uh, for better or worse that's kind of been the story of the season when it comes to establishing the run and the offensive line play so you did your kind of quote-unquote cop out it's your comfort zone <laughs> so I'm going back to my comfort zone when it comes to keys of E and that's going to be scoring touchdowns when you get to the red zone that was really the undoing last week. Um, three trips, only one touchdown. And then I'm also adding a kind of sub-key to V. And it's also make sure you get points when you get into the extended red zone. So this was an issue last week. It was the issue versus Texas. Once you cross over then into their 40, we have to get points. No more punts. Um, no more missing out on fourth and longs. When you cross over into that 40, you're like, you have to think to yourself, if we don't score points, it's a failure. When you get into the 20, if you don't score a touchdown, it's a failure. You have to get back to that because when we were winning games, that's what we were doing. I couldn't agree more. Key to V number three, cut the costly penalties. I know it's kind of a roll your eyes type of thing because every team has penalties and you can cherry pick penalties, you know, across the nation but there's been multiple times this year where you know we've had straight up discipline you know um, unsportsmanlike penalties that have led directly to points and it happened last it happened last week and we lost by four and we gave up a touchdown that basically was free points I mean we had them we had the ball and we gave it right back to them and they scored seven points we lose by four um, K-State's supposed to be and maybe it's a false narrative, but K-State's supposed to be that disciplined team that doesn't beat themselves, so let's get back to that. Um, let's not have – and you're going on the road in conference. You can't – you have to play discipline to do that, and I think that that's probably a team-wide motto right now. Let's get back to the disciplined team. Let's get back to the details-oriented team, and if we do that this week, I think we're going to – I think we walk out of Lubbock with a big dub. Walking out of there. Dancing. I think we dance out of Lubbock. Last time we were at Lubbock, that was the birth of uh, Phil the Bobcat, by the way. Shout out to Brogan Barry. Um, my final one is continue the great third down defense. Um, again, I've just gone back to my my comfort zone when it comes to these keys to be. Um, despite three of the four conversions for West Virginia being third and long, 
touchdowns. You still had another game where you held them underneath their season average for third down conversion. Um, that said, I would have given up a couple of those midfield third downs uh, to prevent those third and long touchdowns. But uh, at the end of the day, that is something that this defense has really hung their hat on. When it gets to third down, we find a way to stop them. Uh, so that's going to be my key. And, uh, again, if, if, if we do that, if we, if we have, you know, hold them to like a 20% uh, third down conversion game or worse, uh, I agree, we're going to be dancing. So I was right. We've won seven out of the last eight. Only loss. I wanted the boneheads to tell us. Sorry. Only loss was 2015. Um, I mean, we've owned Texas Tech recently. I think we need to continue that trend. Um, they are ripe for the picking right now. I think we are the better team, so we should make it eight out of nine. All right. Well, that uh, are, those are our keys of E. Stay tuned to the final uh, prediction of the prediction segment to hear how we are going to predict, predict, predict the game. Again, this entire show has been brought to you by BlueChew.com. First month free if you use promo code armchair chewed and do it get an erection and to make that erection look up to three percent larger manscape shave it down get rid of the bush all of a sudden your penis looks wow larger. i didn't realize it was that big that's what you're gonna be saying to yourself if you get manscaped exactly they also have deodorants lotions <laughs> and balms as well as that lawnmower 2.0 promo code armchair for 20 percent off and free shipping on everything holy shit i went six and nine yeah i'm really struggling you have started tanking. I've tanked. So last week you went six and nine. You are now one eleven and sixty seven. <laughs> the Boneheads went nine and six. They're one seventeen and sixty one, and I'm at one twenty and fifty eight after a ten and five week. Let's get into it. Let's have a little fun. November twenty third, eleven a.m. ESPN two. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Boneheads ninety five percent. Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State. I almost went West Virginia. They're starting to believe in themselves. Daigie's a good quarterback, uh, or at least better than uh, the one they had have. Um, you flipped me off. Fun fact, <laughs> that looks like the state of West Virginia. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm going with Oklahoma State. Um, I assume you are too. Yes, go Pokes. Uh, 11 a.m. FS or Fox Sports Net. This is the most hidden game on the Big 12 slate. Uh, Iowa State hosting KU. Iowa State's going to win big. Bonehead's 93%. I would say I have Iowa State. KU's completely mailed it in. Uh, their psyche is literally going to be broken. Good. Iowa State wins big. Honestly, I if you if you let me choose, I think I might have KU win that game if I could oh, play if God. I, oh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. If I could play God, I'd, I'd have KU win that game. I would, too. I mean, that'd I would, too. That'd be amazing. All right, 2.30 FS1, Texas at number 13, Baylor. Boneheads, 81% Baylor. And I'm going to regret this. I already know it, but I'm going with Texas. Baylor. Uh, TCU at number 8, Oklahoma, 7 p.m. Oklahoma gets another night game. 94% Oklahoma. I have Oklahoma. You have Oklahoma. Oklahoma Sooners. All right. Pitt at number 25, Virginia Tech. Big game when it comes to the ACC Coastal. Um, bone, this is on ESPN 2, 2.30. Boneheads, 59% Virginia Tech. I, too, have Virginia Tech. I've got the, yeah, Virginia Tech. All right. Ho here's their, what are they called? The Hokies? Hokies. Wow, I just blanked completely on that. You're better than that. Sorry. Uh, all right, here's a big one in the American Conference, a better conference than the ACC. 
Number 21, SMU going to Navy. This is 2.30 on CBS Sports. Uh, the Bonehead, 68% SMU. I took Navy versus Notre Dame last week, and they got smoked. They're going <laughs> to redeem themselves. They're going to beat the Mustangs at home in front of all of the midshipmen. I got the have? Pony Express. I love it. Battle for LA in one of the best-looking jersey matchups of the season. They both wear their home colors, the Cardinal and Gold versus the Bruin Blue. UCLA at USC, Boneheads 80%. USC, I also have uh, USC 230 on ABC, but one of the best rivalries in college football. USC. All right, the game. Cal at Stanford, Pac-12 Network, 3 p.m. Boneheads have Cal 55%. I'm going with Stanford. I guess I'll go with Stanford. I mean, I don't really – I have no idea why. Go Stanford. All right, uh, 6.30 p.m., SEC Network, Tennessee at Mizzou. Mizzou's been struggling. They need this uh, game. I mean, at one point, they, they, they were talking about 10 wins. They're sitting at 5-5. I love them. Five. I love I, how I dumb they are. I think it's hilarious. They're going to beat Tennessee, though. They suck. Boneheads have Mizzou, 59%. I have Mizzou. Are you going with the Volunteers Try to get a game back? Rocky Top. Hey, Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. All right, San Diego State at Hawaii. Big matchup in the Mountain West. You can watch this on Facebook Live at 10 p.m. Bonehead's going with the Rainbow Warriors, 54%. I'm going with Hawaii. You always pick I'll never pick against Hawaii. Rainbow Warriors, baby. There you go. Massive game in the Sun Belt. Uh, We have on ESPN Plus, Georgia Southern at Blake Anderson's Arkansas State Red Wolves. Uh, The Boneheads have Arkansas State, 54%. Georgia Southern is favored, but I'm going with Arkansas State because Blake was one of my dark horse candidates for this job. I think if the Razorbacks are smart, they ha- they ship him over to Fayetteville. Who do you have? Georgia Southern. Smart pick. They're favored, and Boneheads and me are against it. You I gotta get some game. game. I gotta get some games back here. Nebraska at Maryland. Talk about a laugher. Two thirty. Big Ten Network. Uh, Boneheads have Maryland fifty seven percent. I'm going Nebraska, but I, I'm not confident in it. I'm going Nebraska, my best favorite team of all time. Scott Frost, great coach. Nebraska's got this all day. They just gave him a two-year extension. It's in the bag. What a train wreck. Boise State, Utah State, another Mountain West showdown. Boise State sitting at number 20. They're in play for that group of five New Year's Six bowl game berth bid. This is at 9.30 p.m. CBS Sportsnet, Boise State, 70% for the Boneheads. I also have the Broncos. Utah State, they're going to pull off a big home upset. Utah State what? Oh, fuck. We've had them a couple times this year. The Utah Utes and the Utah State, are they the Bulldogs? Aggies. Aggies, fuck, not even close. They have like a bull as their mascot, though, so I mean. Uh, I was, I I don't know. I'm bad at that game. You are bad at that game. It's all right. College game day, game of the week. It's on. It's but it's also big noon uh, Saturday <laughs> at 11 a.m. Penn State number nine at the Ohio State, the Buckeyes, which is a nut on a tree. Boneheads have the Ohio State 83 percent. I also have Ohio State. Are you trying to cherry pick a game back? I've thought about it, but I think Ohio State's they're really good. That good? <laughs> I really think they're going to win. I mean, it's at home. I just don't think they're going to lose. So I can't. I'll have to chip away at this. Yep, there's still a couple. Well, we got a couple weeks left. Like, I mean, bowl week. Maybe. Did we go that far? I don't remember. Well, we're we're gonna be in a bowl, so yes, we will do some bowl picks. All right, November 23rd. This is the game you've all been waiting for. 6 p.m. It's gonna be under the lights in the Tortilla Dome. 
K-State at Texas Tech. The Boneheads feeling confident, 87%. Grant, I want a score from you. My score is Texas Tech 30, K-State 31. We're going to win. We're going to win. You know, we've had some serious shootouts in the last eight years against these guys, except for last year, 21-6. to That was a weird one. I don't know if we're going to – I don't think either team gets into the 30s. I really don't. I think it's 28. Wrong. I think it's 28-24, Cats. They pull it off. Um, um, here's what happens. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's 24-21. Oh, I don't like that. Tech. Yeah, definitely They're, don't like for it. some reason, driving. Why? Why are they driving? I don't know. They have – all they have to do is run the clock out. What are you doing, Texas Tech? But despite their best judgment, they throw – they throw in two minutes left. All they have to do is what run the clock out. Matt Wells, what are you doing? He's making a massive mistake. He throws a pick. Wayne Jones intercepts it Who? in the end zone. Who? Wayne Jones picks it off in the end zone. He runs it back. We're up 28-24. I would pass out. And then we, we win the game on a defensive stand. I would literally pass out. I would, too. I would play Mike Jones – for the next two days. But I would every time he said Mike Jones, I would scream Wayne. I love it. All right, Boneheads, that is what it is. Remember, tweet us a picture of you at the women's basketball game with a teddy bear, and we will send you a koozie. We love you guys. Um, just a programming announcement with work and travel schedules. We will not have a free play Friday this week, and then with the following week being Thanksgiving week, no free play Friday, and with that, regular football season is over. We had a lot of fun bringing you guys three episodes a week, but we are going to come back to two episodes a week during basketball season, a full show on Sunday, quick take, hot take midweek during Big 12 basketball play. But don't worry, whenever we can get a good interview or we do a fun show like a K-State Jeopardy or any of that stuff, we will give it to you on Thursday or Friday. Uh, We're not just going to mail it in, uh, mainly because one time last year Grant said he was getting bored. So I'll make sure that when he's getting bored we'll have a fun show. We'll figure something out. Uh, We love you guys. Um, thanks so much for supporting us three episodes a week during football season. I think the plan is to bring that back next football season. Um, also, if you really are jonesing for an extra episode, you can check out our Patreon. Yeah, also, I happen to be way the hell behind because it's – but every time I've tried to coordinate with – we have a plan for the next episode. Every time I've tried to coordinate with Matt Hall, it's fallen through. So it's probably going to be toward the ep- – the November episode is going to be towards the end of the month. And we're just going to drop two, maybe three, because I feel bad. So we'll throw an extra one in there. Um, but if you are jonesing for the Bosco's Boys and you need that extra fun episode, you can head to the Patreon. Bosco's Boys, you can subscribe for 4 bucks or 10 bucks a month and get all sorts of different perks, um, but one of those is being an extra episode a month. And they're always pretty fun um, because it's behind a paywall, so I feel like it's really just anything goes. <laughs> so you should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Matt's been on both of them, and he'll probably be on the next one too. Um, so check it out. We love you. Beat Texas Tech. Let's go. Meet me at the Cathead. I was following the eye, 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 was following the pack, was following the ghost, with scarves of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow, and I.
coats With scarves of red tied round their throats To keep their little heads from falling in the snow And I turn around and there you go And Michael you would fall and turn the white snow red as strawberries in summertime Sports Social Podcast Network